It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Stout. We're here, Gareth A. Davis, once again. I appreciate you giving us some of your time. How are we, sir? Very well, indeed. Thank you. Just uh, had a fun Monday night with my old US publicist, John Beer, in, in, in Soho. But before that, I went on, uh, which was unusual, went on Anthony Ogogo's podcast, oh, uh, Getting Back Up. Um, and a very interesting guy he is. Obviously, he's a wrestler now. Yeah. Um, after all the eye surgeries. Um, and he's got an event, I think it's Sunday, he's in an event, in a wrestling event in Croydon. So, no, good luck to him. He's a great guy. We had a lot of reminiscing about 2012. Obviously, he was a bronze medalist in mm-hmm. the middleweight division, which is very much in, in focus at the moment. And I'm really glad to see he's well, because he went through absolute agony with all the eye surgeries. And, and I've known him a, a long time now, probably, I would say, probably 17 or 18 years. So it was lovely to see him and catch up with him, because he's based in America. Hundred percent. I remember last seeing him. He was in, um, I believe it was AEW in the wrestling circuit. Yeah, that's right. So that was um, that was brilliant, considering everything he went through with that eye injury. To get that sort of push in the limelight after going through what he went through, I thought that was. 100%. I think I think boxing will always be his first love, and it feels a little bit like he had a divorce from that he never wanted, and and I think wrestling fills the gap slightly. But nothing fills the gap like boxing did for him, you know. So he was he was totally addicted and in love with it, basically. I'm not surprised. Um, well, look, let's bounce straight into it. Um, whatever time this interview goes out, just bear in mind there's not been an official announcement um, by Canelo Alvarez, but he is tipped to give everyone a bit of insight on his next move. Strong rumours saying... Jamal Charlo, obviously brother <laughs> Jamel Canelo shared the ring with recently. So if it is that, and it's not a, a Benavides fight, um, what well, what's your take on this, Gareth? If we are to see Canelo and Jamal Charlo um, get back in the ring, well, well the- Jamel Charlo, Jamel Charlo never got out of the box against Canelo, did he? Canelo didn't let him, and it was a very I don't want to be too critical, but you could use the word insipid. But he he was just a very defensive performance. Um, Jamal Charlo, even though they're twins, who's the naturally bigger of the two, obviously who is still the WBC middleweight champion, although he's been out. I think he's still the WBC middleweight champion. 
Yeah, um, just on that, I know we said he was out a long time. He did come. He did have a fight in November, but it was sort of, it sort of, I think, a lot <laughs> past it against Jose Benavidez Jr. But he had been out, like you say, from then like two years. No, no, he obviously he had the fight in November, but he'd, he'd been very inactive. Um, things going on in his life. <clears throat> obviously, he was the first choice for Canelo in that last fight. Um, he's a, he's got a different style. It'll be more it'll be more of an aggressive style. It's a style that suits Canelo. Um, I think this is a guy that will come and throw his hands and will take it to Saul. Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's obviously the May the 4th event in Las Vegas. Yep. Planning to be there. I think it will be a big build-up to the undisputed heavyweight title that month. So it'd be great to be there in, in the milieu and in the mix um, for that Vegas week. It's always a huge uh, Cinco de Mayo. Or it'll be the Cuatro de Mayo. Get, um, the Cuatro de Mayo, the 4th of... Uh, um, Cuarto de Mayo, rather. Uh, rather than the Quinto de Mayo. Quinto de Mayo. So... It will be gone. Listen to me and my troublesome <laughs> Spanish there today. But it'll be on the 4th of May, not the 5th. Yeah, the, the Cinco de Mayo event, yeah. Um, which obviously is one of the big, big pay-per-view um, hits always in America with September, around September the 10th. So, yeah, I'm, 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 yes, I'm, I'm okay with it. It's not official yet, of course. But, you know, it reminds me of late on in Saul Canelo and late on in... Um, Floyd Mayweather's career. I mean, he took Saul Canelo Alvarez very young when he was a young bull in the ring and took him at the right time um, and was masterful. Canelo's taking people as he wants to take them. Now, the disappointment will be that it's not Jaime Munguia or it's not um, David Benavidez or it's not Terence Crawford even, for example, yeah. who's been who's started to push that fight a little bit with with Canelo, and it's a fight that I've thought about for a while that I'd love to see um, the welterweight against maybe a is Canelo it, that gives him between middle and super middle, something like that. Is it going to be too much of a jump for um, for Crawford, considering how high Canelo's operated at? I know it's almost like a, a fantasy fight, isn't it, almost? Yeah, it, it is, but it, it's a huge money-making fight in America and would generate massive interest I remember when when I was covering Manny Pacquiao's career and he was slated to face Oscar De La Hoya. And even in the Philippines, in the parliament in the Philippines, there was debate about Manny was going to get killed in the ring by Oscar De La Hoya. And there is always this, this worry about size differences and there are weight divisions for a reason. But I just feel, even though it's a very tough fight for Terence Crawford, I think his skills may allow him to handle himself against Canelo. It's it's a fascinating fight. Whether it'll ever happen or not, I don't know. Um, Crawford's definitely up for it. Yeah. Um, it's whether Canelo um, could face the possibility of losing to a guy. Let's be honest. Terence not, is not a small welterweight either. He's a natural welterweight. Um, and he could easily fight at light middle. Um, but I think... And I don't know if Canelo could get down to middleweight again. Um, mm. So, th th you know... Th th these are big fights that could be made and they're both coming towards the end of their careers. Um, Terence is 35 now, I think. Um, yeah. So, even though he hasn't got a lot of mileage on the clock. So, Canelo's teasing us a little bit. He's, he's doing this guy in May. He's getting his third PBC contracted fight out of the way as well because Jamal Charlo, the WBC middleweight champion, is contracted to the WBC. 
and then he's free. So the September fight that he has, if it's in September, yeah. if he chooses to fight only twice this year, will be enormous. Just sort of moving away from that onto another big name. Um, not heard from him, I don't think, since Saudi Arabia, but Deontay Wilder. Um, yeah. Yes, News, they've put out a video. Um, he sort of gave his reaction to the Joseph Parker defeat. Um, he's, he's mentioned, for example, just he's a quote of saying, in training for that, that's travelled two times, 20 hours of travelling. These guys are already in Europe. Um, they were only a couple of, uh, two or three hours away. Um, I'm just saying what I had to go through. Mentioned the fight being, you know, a quote unquote, you know, it was a boring fight. Nothing really happened. I went back to training that day. Was that was that a little bit of a a bit of a disservice to a Joe Parker who put on a good performance that night? Yeah, it's always two sides to the story, aren't they? You know, and his perception is that he obviously he didn't deliver on the night. We know that Joseph Parker did in a, arguably the performance of his career in terms of tactical nous and the. Uh, the, the the meticulousness and perspicacity with which he implemented that game plan under Andy Lee, and he he made very few faults in that. No, Deontay's making excuses there for himself, but they're good excuses. They show his resilience and desire to be to be relevant again in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, he he yes, it's. It's it's an excuse, but he's dedicating himself again. You, the videos have started to come out again with him and Malik Scott out there working really hard in, in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, yeah, but jet lag could hurt him maybe. Maybe he did leave it too late to come out there. Maybe the ayahuasca retreat did affect him too much. Maybe, you know, he is getting older. He's 37 now, I think. Um, you know, maybe he came up against the wrong guy who had the kryptonite for him. Um, what Joseph Parker did was nullified um, the big right hand. He went under it and he landed his big right his big right hand himself and was fairly aggressive in the fight. I think it was the am I thinking the ninth round where he poured it on Wilder? I'm, I'm, I've lost track of which round it was now, but there was one round when Joe was in his own corner where he hammered Wilder. And I remember Tally Swift being off her seat saying, "Baby, get out of the get out of the corner," and all this kind of stuff. I always say that because I interviewed her that night, and she was phenomenal. Um, very gracious couple they are. I'd love to see him back, Matt. I would love to see him back. I still think he's got um, things to give. I still think him and Nagano is a good fight. I still think him and Joshua is a good fight. Um, you know, and even him and Usyk's a good fight if it all lasts long enough. Um, why not? That's what I was going to come on to next. You know, if he is, uh, he's mentioned um, becoming more of a gym rat again. I have to say, you know, spending more time in the gym, which I think is a good sign for him and for boxing fans because when he's on and he's in his in his zone, he's he's, he's exciting to watch. You don't know what's going to happen, kind of thing. But you see that dance partner for him with certain fighters tied up at the minute. If he was to come back in, I don't know, in say the next few months, is there anyone out there now you think you know what that would be a good fight for him? Um. There are five or six good fights for him. That, that anyone in the top ten. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm looking down the, the the heavyweight rankings here. Um, I would see him in against. Well, he's got to have a challenge. That you know, um, Frank Sanchez, Agit Kabayel, Jared Anderson, um, Daniel Dubois, yeah. uh, Hergovic, Martin Bacoli, Joe Joe Joyce has got a fight coming up. Um, um, obviously, Joshua's tied up with Nagano. 
Fury's tied up with um, um, with with Usyk. Um, Flip Hergovic is going to be on that card, I think, on March the eighth, isn't he? Or, or, or no, May the May the eighteenth. Yeah. Um, there's a there's a ton of great fights you could put him in at the moment. Um, so and and it's it it's. It, the, the dice is being rolled for him. A, another performance like that, and people will really say, "Well, he doesn't belong at the top level anymore." Yeah. Um, but then again, with Deontay, two inches in the right direction, the right punch, and everything. He, 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 he changed everything. He didn't carry that air of menace when we were ringside for Day of Reckoning on December the twenty-third in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. But Joseph Parker didn't let him. Yeah, 100%. It's a good way of putting it. Um, want to come on to... Wrote down here, um, Carl Frotch has been... I know he's a colleague of yours. He's been in on TalkSport. I think it was either yesterday. Made these comments in relation to Tyson Fury, um, who, by the way, he did say in this um, in this sort of segment, I'm not just picking out bits he said, but yeah, he's yeah. in favour um, Tyson Fury in the fight with Alexander Usyk. He made that clear. He still favours him. He did say, he said, he, he can't do it at 35-year-olds now. He's... Sitting flat-footed, getting hit more with shots, um, getting on 35 years of age, bigger, heavier. Um, but once again, he did say that he does give him the the advantage in the Usyk fight. What, what do you, what do you make of the comments on like Tyson Fury and being flat-footed, and and you know obviously he's changed, he's got older. Have you seen that sort of change or? Well, he plants his feet more now because he is he lands heavier shots and yeah, um, a style. But, but, yeah, it's a style change, and it it does come with age. There were three, there were three eras of, or three stages, three three types of Muhammad Ali. There was the, you know, the guy that moved like a featherweight, um, you know, and had the speed of a middleweight. And then at the end of his career, there was a guy who planted his feet more in the seventies, mid seventies, when he fought George Foreman. Obviously, he did rope a dope against George Foreman, but in the fight with with um, the third fight with Frazier, with, that, with Joe Frazier, they both, both just planted their feet. They couldn't miss each other in that fight. You know, I remember it was, a, it was still a 15-rounder in those days. And, um, you know, the, the, as Ali said, it's the closest I've ever come to death. I'll ever come to death. I mean, and they, they were different types of fighters. The Tyson Fury's style has changed over time. You know, if you think the herky-jerky, fainting style that he had when he first fought Wilder, that is now... Is that five years ago? I think it's nearly five years ago. So, um, you know, he, he, he does plant his feet more and throw heavier now and uses 19 and a half stone. We saw that against Wilder in the second fight and the third fight. Um, I think the fight with Francis Ngannou, we still got to look at it as an anomaly um, yeah. or it's a sign of something he's going through in the, at the stage in his career. You know, I think Carl's being very honest, but quite harsh in one way. But like I said, um, on the money on the other because I think Fury is the favourite to beat Usyk and with a cut eye he might be looking to get work done a bit quicker rather than just looking to outbox uh, Usyk but I, I think Carl's right I mean I think where he's wrong is calling out John Fury for a fight really I don't really think that's clever or, or wise and I just hope it doesn't happen yeah, I think um, he sort of clarified them. And to give the flip side to that, from what I saw with himself, Simon Jordan and Spencer, um, he addressed, because originally it was John doing the call out. I think he said, look, I don't mm -hmm. there and fight. You know, a John Fury goes, maybe let John go and fight some of the guys who are calling him out at his age and see what he can do. But he's no intentions of doing that, which I thought, 
fair, fair enough. He's come out and at least said that. Um, but look, well, I, I hope. I hope. I know. Obviously, Joe Egan and, and yeah. is calling John out as well. And you know, I, I'm not sure I want to see those 58, 59 year old men fighting each other. Particularly, um, some people might want to see it, but I don't. I, you know. Joe's a great character. I've met him many times. I've got great admiration for him. He's done a lot of interviews recently where he tells his life story, and it's an extraordinary life, rather like John Fury's. Both have had extraordinary lives, um, very hard lives, very tough lives. And the last thing I want to see is those two getting in a beef over, over nothing, really, in fairness, um, and it going wrong for either of them or them getting hurt. Um, and, and, you know, if they need the money... And they they both want to do it, and it's. I think they they're trying to push it on the misfits card or something, or certainly yeah. Joe Egan's side. Um, we shall see, but I just don't want any trouble between them because I, I have great respect for both men. Um, if they want to do it, great, and I would probably go and cover it, yeah. Matt. But, but um, because they both got such standing in the boxing world, but it's not a fight I particularly want to see. Yeah, I sort of share that sentiment, especially when you talk about age and things like that. But last two from me, um, Lomachenko, Cambosis agreed for Australia. We've not touched on that yet. Um, Cambosis, I saw the press conference of the quotes. He talked. He, he could. He could. He talks an extremely good game, and he's had a great win over Yatiafimo uh, Lopez. Less convincing over, um, obviously, Max Hughes and Devin Haney beat him. Um, Lomachenko coming into, I suppose, the final stretch of his career, but still with still with stuff to offer. Um, how do you see that panning out there <clears throat> in Australia? A beats B, B beats C, and C beats A sometimes um, in the triangle of life. And um, obviously, like you say, um, Devin Haney. Well, Devin Haynes got the two victories over him. Very, very convincing. Brilliant second performance. George Cambosos had a, an amazing performance against Tio Lopez. Um, and Lopez is up and down, it seems. Uh, Lopez has the victory over Vasil Lomachenko. But I just feel that Lomachenko's skills, if he's still got it, I think he's 35 now. Yeah. Um, um, in, in the hometown, George will be very bored. I'm a huge fan of George. Um, I love his. I love the Spartan. He's a great character. He's brilliant to interview. Heart on his sleeve, and he will fight like that against Lomachenko. Lomachenko's learned that he can't start start a fight very slowly, as he did um, against uh, Tio Lopez. Obviously, I had the fight with Devin Haney seven five to Devin over Tio Lopez. It's a great series of fighters and fights being made. Well done, Bob Arum and Top Rank, getting all these fights over the line. As well as Eddie Hearn getting uh, getting Devin Haney and Ryan Garcia over the line as well with with Oscar De La Hoya, really pleased about that on April the twentieth. Um, that's a fight I wouldn't mind being at it as well, even though I favour Devin Haney big time to win that. But I'm um, again few, a huge aficionado of Ryan Garcia. Um, I think I just think Lopez, um, not Lopez. I just think Cambosos may struggle against the skills. Of of Vasil of of Loma if he's if he's on form, but it's a terrific fight because as you know, with Loma against all these guys, all these bigger they're all bigger than him physically naturally, so that they can go in there and and, and they can be bullish with him. But over and above all of that, it's fantastic. I'm just going to plug my laptop in. By the way, I'm just running out of power here. Just one sec. There we go. No need to cut that, Matt. 
that. Just a little, uh, uh, just a little blooper. Um, no power. Please ask me though about Hamza Shiraz at the weekend, uh, or even Lopez and Keyshawn, because I, I interviewed Keyshawn uh, yesterday, and it was great to catch up with him. I got hammered a little bit for saying ex-marijuana smoker about Keyshawn Davis. Um, but the bit, the big build-up was about him giving up marijuana, and I spoke to him about it yesterday. And he said, "I'm again huge aficionado. Things he can do." Let's. Talk, I was. He's up there. Both. They're both on my list to talk about. So just start. Start as we as as you sort of started that off. Then you you spoke to Keyshawn, and um, they they had a bit of a thing, didn't they, at the end of the fight? Um, he got through, he got through a good win against Pedraza, but him and Tio at the end of the fight. They had a bit of back and forth ringside. You mentioned that you've you've spoke to him. You get a feeling like Keyshawn and Teo at some point because Keyshawn's been long tipped to be um, a world champion or to be fighting at that level. Do you think now's the right time? Not just long tipped. Bob Arum has been on at me about Keyshawn for three or four years. Whenever I mentioned Shaka Stevenson, Tank Davis, Ryan Garcia, Devin Haney, Teo Lopez, he said, "Hang on a minute, Keyshawn Davis," and he's only had nine fights. Remember. Um, and, and he took his licks against Pedraza in that. We discussed it yesterday. Um, it'll be out on the on the TalkSport YouTube channel and the interview we played out on Fight Night on Saturday night. In fact, in our midweek show that I'm recording later today as well with uh, Adi Oladipo. Um, he was brilliant. Um, I thought he was fantastic on the night. What I liked about him was he took his licks from Pedraza, who's a world-level operator. Yeah, 10 years older. Um, but Keyshawn has taken a leap up with this, in my view. I think he belongs in that mix and I think he'll fight at um, 135, 140, 147. He might even go up to 154. 154, he told me yesterday. And, and, and I want to make this clear. When I spoke to him, when I, when I tweeted about ex-marijuana user, the reason I did that was because he is a fantastic role model in his community in Norfolk, Virginia. And I've spoken to him about it. And I'm a huge admirer of the man, what he does both inside and outside the ring. And I think he's going to be one of the standout stars in the next five to seven years in our sport. Yeah, I had the pleasure of seeing him in Oklahoma on the undercard of Cambosis um, and Maxi. And yeah, he's someone you see on TV and you think so. When you see him live... He is. Um, they, everyone in that gym seems to have that air of they, they, when they're under pressure, they're not. They're so comfortable in the ring. Like you see, Terence, the way they're on the ropes and the way they move, the way they use the angles. He's uh, he's a special talent, and you know, talks of him and like the Andy Cruises of this world and things like that. When you see them both coming, you know, you're talking about mega fights down the line. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Let's touch on Hamza Shiraz. Um, Great win. Not many people do that. If no one does that, really, to um, a Liam Williams, a seasoned pro who was he had aspirations himself for kicking on after that fight again. And Hamza stops him in his tracks. He's on a terrific run of form. He looks like he's going to be one of the next sort of stars from this country. Um, just give me your thoughts after a, a destructive performance. Yeah, it was exactly that. Well, it was. I mean, God, it didn't last long, did it? I mean, he he, he battered Liam Williams from pillar to post, and then went post and went straight over to that post. Mm -hmm. And said, I respect you. I've always looked up to you. Um, I followed you. And, and it, you could just see the disappointment in Liam Smith Williams melt by, by the grace and charisma and respect that Hamza Shiraz has put out. And I've become friends with Hamza over the last year or so. Um, I say friends, colleagues, if you like, in our industry. I got to know him a little bit better. Found out he's left-handed on Saturday night as well, by the way. Because um, I interviewed him afterwards. And... Um, 
his dad was a very good fast bowler for Gloucestershire and he got six West Indian wickets one day in a game. Bowled out Brian Lara as well. I think Cam Cameron is his dad. I, th I think it's Cameron um, Shiraz. A lovely man anyway. Spent a bit of time with him uh, out in Riyadh recently as well. Um, he's a huge middleweight. Um, there's great fights out there for him. He's really broken through, Matt. Um, he's working on his skill set all the time. I'm trying. I, I, it's escaped my mind. He's he, he's obviously working out of America. He's in great hands out there. He's improving all the time. He's got massive power, huge reach, giant middleweight. We don't want to see him get too involved in a war. Um, mm. But but what I do think we want um, from him is not to go up too quickly. I mean, Frank Warren's mentioned Yannibek Alam Kanuli, the, the, the WBO middleweight champion, I think Yannibek is. Mm -hmm. We've 15 and 0 with 10 knockouts, who's a, who's a rock. But there are, in that performance that Denzel Bentley put against uh, uh, Yannibek, I thought we saw chinks there that could be exploited by someone like Hamza Shiraz. But there's Nathan Heaney out there. There's a Chris Eubank Jr. fight if he wants it. There's loads of great fights. Is that going to be the, the issue now, the fact that he's on this great run to make sure the next step is the right one? You mentioned Yannibek there, but um, like I said, Nathan Heaney seems to be um, a good step. I think they were sort of angling at that on, on TNT. Would you like to see that fight? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ricky Funes is his head coach. Funes, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I think. But but you you would you would you would like to see that fight? Would you next? Um, with, um, yeah. Well, well, no. If he can get it, great. Um, but for me, they don't want to rush him too much. But you know, look, he's got great power. He's got great ability. If that fight's available, Frank's mentioned it. Frank's probably working on it. So, um, you know, it's, um, you know, it's, uh, look, he's in LA. He's training with Ricky Funes, as I said. He, he's, he's getting lots of practice against lots of different styles. That's what I love about him. He's very aware, Hamza, um, very aware of what his life is and his career is and, and all those things. And he's just a tremendous world-class prospect for me. Um, and I like the comparison that Frank's made with with Tommy Hearns because of that long, huge, he's that long reach and that massive jab. And as I said, as I've revealed to my interview with him on Saturday, that jab is his main hand. Yeah. That's his leading hand, the left hand. He's left-handed because he's a left arm quick when he bowls. I'm going to say, I remember, I think Frank Warren made that comment as well in Poland on the Usyk Dubois undercard saying... Um, reminds him of a to of Tommy Hearns. Yeah. yeah, he said it again on Saturday night. Also on that card, by the way, I loved the rapport between Anthony Yard, who's back to uh, to winning, um, yeah. uh, and and oh, got another win under his belt, and then Joshua Boatsy ringside. Both men saying, "Let's get it cracking." I love it, absolutely love it, and do hope we get um, them fighting this time. I've got to say, Matt, what an amazing start to the year. We're only in mid February. Yeah, but look already at all the fights lining up for the first half of the year. It's extraordinary. I was going to say when we looked at sort of mid to end last year, I think last year was a great year for boxing in terms of fights getting made, and it looks like this year it's sort of following suit. Would you agree? 
Yeah, Matt, honestly, in I want to I want to even say this in over three decades of covering boxing, this looks like one of the best halves of a year we've ever had. And I mean domestically, internationally yeah. to the West and internationally to the East. We really are about to enjoy a halcyon period in the sport. We're looking also like seeing, um, don't want to jinx it, but um, Catrell Taylor seems to be edging closer from what I can see. Um, I know that sort of rumbled on and maybe it's not um, the, the, the Haney's and the Garcia's, but that's a great rematch that everybody wants to see, especially domestically. Yeah, absolutely right. And it's a world-level fight domestically with, with a domestic ding-dong or dust-up in the offing. It's brilliant. Great, great fight. Well, look, Gareth, um, we've covered a heck of a lot there. I appreciate you giving us some of your time, as always. I was talking to Boxing Social. Um, we'll catch up soon, hopefully, when we find out what's going on with Canelo and, and other developments. So I appreciate it, bud. Bro. No okay. Yeah, thank you very much for your time. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, over by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.